Hello, Disney fans, and welcome to the show. My name is Austin Terrace, and I'm joined here today by the one, the only, <laughs> the unforgettable, slightly unstable, only other human being that I know who's as much of a Disney nerd as me, and an overall just great person, Aww. Isabella Panko. Thank you. That was such a nice intro. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Coming up on this episode of Disney Daydream, we're doing it different today. There's no news. We're just going to spend the entire time talking about networking in Orlando. And we'll also review some of the 50th anniversary happenings going on right now at Walt Disney World. So take a little break in your busy day and let's start daydreaming. you like our show follow us on instagram at dis daydream we're on facebook disney daydream podcast make sure to leave us a rating or a review wherever you're listening from and if you're a longtime fan of the show and you'd like to support us in a financial way you can do so at patreon.com slash disney daydream we have some tiers starting for as low as three dollars a month and if you are feeling generous and you want to donate five dollars a month then you'll access about 30 or so mini episodes that cover an extremely wide range of disney topics Uh, you'll get immediate access to those and that's kind of fun Our show is sponsored by those wonderful patrons and by Daydream Travel Agency. That's my travel agency, where I specialize in planning your perfect trip to Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, or Aulani. You can check out daydreamtravelagency.com for more information. Or if you just want to ask a question or utilize any of those free vacation planning services. Enough plugs. Before we jump in, I want to give the floor over to Isabella for a minute, because we don't typically have guests on the show very often. None of my sisters are here today, literally as we're recording this. It's kind of uh, hectic in the Terrace household. Kylie is in labor right now, so a lot's going on. Yay, Kylie! And, <laughs> and we do have guests, it's usually other family members. So if you could, just tell the listeners a little bit about you and how your love affair with Disney began. Okay. Um, I definitely credit my mom with the Disney obsession. It started, um, and with, I think everybody can relate to, um, the Disney animated movies, specifically all of the princess movies. When I was growing up, um, we had every single Disney movie on VHS. That was kind of a goal that my mom had before she even was married before she had kids, which like she knew she wanted kids one day. And so she just amassed this huge collection of Disney VHS tapes. So, I mean, I was on a diet of Disney a day, like (laughs) starting really, (laughs) really early. Um, And acting out the movies, acting out the movies. I wore my bell dress um, very, very um, enthusiastically from age three to five to the point where it didn't fit anymore. It was more of a T-shirt than a dress. And my mom had to sadly retire it um, without, you know, p- drawing too much attention. I, it had to be like behind closed doors because your mom I had to know say, "You are exposing yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we need to stop. You need to um, <laughs> not wear this one anymore." So um, definitely grew up on a love for Disney. I didn't take my first Disney vacation until third grade, and that was a really, really wonderful trip. Um, and the other one, the other family. Disney trip I took was the following year in fourth grade. Those were both with my family over fall break. Um, And it just so happened that that time aligned with when it was my birthday. So not only was I going to Disney for the first time, I was going to Disney for the first time on my birthday. So, you know, you get the little celebration buttons, you wear it around and you get treated like a princess literally every single day. And Um, we, she kind of likes attention. I do. (laughs) (laughs) We 
I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be chill on this one. I gotta, <laughs> gotta tone it down. But yeah, so, so I um, did really enjoy the attention. I got to be sung. They sang to me um, on the. Um, uh, on the Liberty Bell, when we went and we were going over to Tom Sawyer's Island, we they all we all like gathered on the thing, and I had my little button, and there was a band playing, and they played me Happy Birthday, like they serenaded me the whole way over there, and it was really cute. Wow. And so I just I, it was like a trip full of amazing memories, um, being treated like royalty every single day, and that was obviously a huge huge draw. I think the other. Th- part that really solidified me as a Disney fan wasn't just like the little memories that I made in the park or surrounding my birthday because I mean all obviously all of those were so magical but I really fell in love with animation actually at the yacht club we were staying there I think that was the first place we stayed that I think that was in third grade um and so my brother had gotten sick and it was like middle of the night like he got sick and you know, it was one of those things. Everywhere. Oh yeah. yeah, no, it was on the. It was, and I was sharing the bed with him because we had, you know, the two queens or whatever. And so my, it was one of those things where my parents literally like hoisted me out of the bed and like threw me onto the other bed and had to carry Pete to the. My brother's name is Pete. He's being exposed now for his like <laughs> traumatic Disney experience. Um, so our show's to, like, very small. <laughs> Not a lot of people were here. <laughs> Um, and they had to carry him to the bathroom. So he was, a, you know, he was up all night being sick. And um, the next day was actually my birthday, like my actual birthday. We had already been there, I think, for like two or three days. And so since we were at the Yacht Club, um, we woke up that morning and my dad had to take a few business calls. And my mom was taking care of my brother. And because I do not like being around sickness, not, you know, like... The sickness that goes in the toilet. Like I don't like I don't like throw up. That's yeah, just no. not I get really squeamish. And so my dad had to take me out of the um take me out of the room with him when he went downstairs to take a business call and he just like, you know, oh, there's a little TV in the lobby. I'll just prop her down right in front of the TV and you know, I'll take my business call over here. And it was Steamboat Willie that was playing on the TV kind of on a loop and it was like mm-hmm. Steamboat Willie and then you know a few other ones I, I wish I could remember it was just like all the old cartoons were playing on a constant loop in the Yacht Club Lobby Hotel so your dad was and ahead of his time parenting he gave you some screen was, time yeah. and you were satisfied <laughs> he was like prop her down in front of a TV and she'll shut up <laughs> and yeah so I sat there watching old Disney animation for God knows how long. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. I became obsessed with Steamboat Willie and like that whole era of animation. And, you know, the next year when I went back, we, me and my dad spent like a good chunk of time in the Walt Disney Presents um, exhibition. Well, at the time it was called MGM, but now it's called Hollywood Mm -hmm. Studios. Um, So we spent like a good chunk of time just, you know, immersing ourselves in the history. And that's when I kind of caught the crazy and became really obsessed. And then, you know, fast forward to middle school, I have access to phones and stuff. I have access to the internet. And so then I started just like watching all of the Disney content that I possibly could. I learned all the signatures for all the characters in the parks. And like, if you go through my agendas or my notebooks from eighth grade to like probably end of high school or, you know, halfway through high school, all of them just have like the signatures, like the Belle, the Cinderella, Rosetta. I was really good at Rosetta's. Um... <laughs> Tinkerbell. Yeah, I saw some of your work over this trip. Yeah, you, you were you doing did. a couple of those I did, autographs. <laughs> I did a few. Um, they come out every now and then. And so then I started, you know, becoming obsessed with all of the entertainment in the parks and um, just like really counting down the days until I could go back. And it wasn't really until 2017 when I was a sophomore in college that I was able to make my way back to Disney World. And that time was with my best friend um, from college. And we like had, you know, this seven maybe it was like might have been like an eight day trip that we had and that was so much fun and just kind of like each time I've gone um it's just like gotten more and more become more and more of an obsession it was also the other part see this is this is where I was like it's gonna get long (laughs) um the other part was brevity is not not a strong (laughs) suit but we love the story continue please (laughs) the other part is that when I was you know, in middle school or when I was in maybe even end of elementary school and um, 
probably a little bit in high school, I often, I like, I wasn't a huge, like, let's go out, like, I'm going to go out on Saturday night kind of person. Like, I wasn't, I was usually at dance, and then when I wasn't at dance, I was trying to recover at home from being at dance, like, for hours and hours and hours at a time, because um, I danced competitively growing up, and so, you know, really, 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 really got intense when I was in middle school, and I really, that's when I started, and it you know, just became all consuming. Um, and so, you know, on the weekends, all I wanted to do was just lie around and hang with my family. And so what me and my dad would watch when there was literally nothing, for some reason, there's like a block of time on Saturday where like you get the worst of the worst on every (laughs) channel. And we just happened upon, as we were like channel surfing, we happened upon the discovery channel had this Disney, um, document it was a documentary on the Disney parks or um the cruise line or like the attractions and stuff and it had it it repeated so like every every week it was something different or we would always come across something different and that's kind of where I was introduced to Imagineering um because the Imagineers were featured prominently in all of those documentaries and so it was like me and my dad just watching those for hours and just being like flabbergasted by the amount of work that went in and the amount of like um you know, detail that was put into every ounce of every park and um, cruise line and um, attraction. And, you know, so we, that was where I also was introduced to Joe Rody, who of course is yep. iconic. So yep. iconic. And, and we've I, talked about before, we both, we both were the people that watched the Disney vacation planning videos yeah. over and over <laughs> again. Yeah. Every now and then I would dust out, you know, you, ha- you get those little, I don't, I don't, they probably don't do this anymore because it's all digital, but like, do they still send the envelopes of like, here's the brochures and well, here's the DVD? I think, and... I think they will send it. I think you have to request to be oh, okay. sent that now, but oh, okay. yes. <laughs> yeah. So, well, when 2007 or 2008, when we got it for the first time, why well, would every now and then I would like dust off that DVD and put it in the <laughs> thing and just watch them go. Look at Disney's yacht club. You can do blah blah blah. We have a pirate ship, um, little swim. What's it called? Uh, water slide. Yeah, <laughs> we have all right. of these pools and amenities. You're just a short walk away from the boardwalk. Like yep. all of those fun things. And I would. I thought that that was the most entertaining thing in the world. So, kind of, it's definitely built up and up and up. And it's there's no chance of it stopping anytime mm-hmm. soon. Um, but yeah. It's a it's a long long time love. Yep, and I should also note that Isabella is the only Ohio State fan that I can stand to be <laughs> in the same room with. Uh, so I like to think that the Ohio State University. Uh, yes, the and I like to think that by inviting you on here, we're just uniting America. Yeah, we are. We're healing. Yeah. We're healing. Yeah, yeah. And it is true, uh, and I'm kind of sad to admit that sometimes when I look at the uh where our listeners are located like where they're streaming from yes uh besides you know like the ann arbor area where i'm from columbus is always right up there because okay (laughs) well (laughs) we got you gotta love the buckeyes also you gotta love the amount of buckeye shirts that are wandering around the disney parks because literally like I mean, I I introduced you to this game I played. She pointed it out to me, and I couldn't stop seeing it. (laughs) And there were some Michigan fans, too. But guys, we we have to show up even harder, because there were double-digit Buckeyes in over quite a few of the days. Oh, yeah. No, and it was was kind of a game that me and Hannah started back in 2017 when we went together for the first time. And... um, I was, it was like a day, I think we were probably in Magic Kingdom or maybe it was Hollywood Studios and it was like our first park day and I kind of was like, oh, look, there's a Buckeye and I would shout out, OH, and you know, usually they didn't hear me so it was really awkward and I was just left <laughs> hanging and Hannah would give me a really, you know, um, pity, I-O. Um, <laughs> what a good friend. But I know, she's, she's really great. She's never left me hanging with that one, so appreciate it. Um but yeah, we, we like I started pointing them off and I was like, oh my gosh, look, there's a whole other family of them. And then like two seconds later, another one walks by. You see the hats, you see the t-shirts, you see it. And for me, it's just, I think the most impressive part is that everybody is wearing it in the parks. Yeah, which, it's an like, infestation. It, well, it's just funny <laughs> because it's like, you would think like, you know, you're on vacation, you're in Disney, you're probably going to wear some Disney merch. And no, 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 like my dad included, they would just wear Ohio State 
stuff like the whole entire time and it was so funny so we I think there was I think on our first day in Magic Kingdom in you know 2022 when we just went Mm -hmm. um I think we got up to 12 right before we just just stopped counting and this was before the sun even went down like this was halfway through the day um but yeah it's it's pretty funny gotta love the Buckeye representation yeah and maybe we can just tackle this networking first trip second yeah because you know we went with a group of people and uh there were five of us on this trip we all got specialized personalized name name buttons uh (laughs) made them myself yes Uh, melissa was sweet and sassy our friend (laughs) natalie was a little princess Cameron uh, was just potty trained. <laughs> he also had the first visit button, so it was like extra. Yeah. It was extra, extra. <laughs> and it actually took a while for anybody to notice that and point that out. Yeah. But and I think then, it, it wasn't even a cast member who pointed. It was like a, no, a lady a, standing in line on Epcot Day. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then you were Disney mom and mm-hmm. I was Disney dad because we were the ones that had like significant experience at Walt Disney World. And it's crazy to me to think that this trip even happened and that it came together. I don't know. We just had like the best time while we yeah. were there. It was def. it was, you know, it was, it was some work, but it was also a lot of play. And that was, that was really awesome. And, um, yeah, it, it, I think what, what looking back, like what is making me so much like, oh my gosh, did this really, really happen was because there was so much buildup for it. Like mm-hmm. we, I mean, we had been talking about our different aspirations to work for Disney for a long time. And, um, I say a long time, we've known each other since what, August. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we'd been kind of manifesting this in a sense, um, just like trying to figure out a way to like get connections over there or just make a trip happen. And, um, you know, with this cool, I don't know if you want to talk about the, um, whole idea fund and what that is, but yeah, I've mentioned that on the show before. Oh, you did? Oh, cool. Yep. Cool. So we were able to use it and yeah, it was work putting it together. It was cool to also do a little bit of work while we were there networking mm-hmm. and meeting with people. Um, but it was truly one of the most joyful weeks of my life. I don't think yeah. I've ever laughed that hard I know. consistently. <laughs> and another like great thing is that I've never traveled to Disney in this way before. And I'm not like dissing my family because I've only been with my family. I, I miss them there. Like yeah. I miss them a lot. But it was just new and different, and there's something incredible about introducing people to Mm -hmm. Disney World. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, I mean, both of us, we were kind of rocking through the parks, like, really, really fast, and we we did our little grand tours and stuff, but even just setting it up and being like, okay, this day we're going to do this, this day we're going to do that, Mm -hmm. and, like, telling them all what what to look forward to, and... I mean, all the planning that went into it beforehand was... And having um, people who were excited to go and yeah, experience it. Not yeah. like lukewarm complaining about stupid things. Right. Like they were it's gung-ho so to just... Or, yeah. yeah. No, everybody was like really excited about it. And also like super just go with the flow. Like I remember we were right. talking about, we were planning the beer garden like beforehand. And then we're like, let's just not do that. Literally like two minutes. Two or, minutes before two I would have been before. charged. <laughs> For making that reservation. We right. canceled at eleven fifty eight PM. Right. Yeah. And we were just like, no, we're just gonna we're just gonna do the drinks around the world. And that was honestly like the best decision. And it was so fun. And Absolutely. like they were just like, Okay, super. Sounds great. And yeah, and I think another cool thing was like Melissa had been before, but it had been a really long time and she mm-hmm. last time she was there, she was there for like a school trip. And then Natalie hadn't been in forever, but she had been to Disneyland. Like, she knows Disneyland, like, really, really well. Um, She worked there. She, yeah, (laughs) she, I mean, she was, you know, she was, she was there. Um, And then Cameron, he also knew Disneyland pretty well, but he had Mm -hmm. never, ever been to Disney World before. Never even been to Florida, too. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. that was his first time in Florida, too. That was so funny. So it was kind of, it was nice, like, having fresh, like, People who were just like fresh eyed and like, you know, didn't have any, um, they, they were just along for the ride. They didn't come in with any like specific, you know, yeah. expectations or anything like that where like, oh, we have to do this, we have to do this, which would have been fine. Like that would have been so much fun, but it was nice for us to kind of have like the reins and be like, all right, we're doing yeah, this. And it was nice like, that they trusted yeah, us to kind yes, of take exactly. them through the experience in yeah. a sense. And that was, that was great. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, 
shouldn't surprise anybody listening that a couple of us on this trip want to work at <laughs> Walt Disney World in the future or yeah. for the Walt Disney Company in some capacity. So mm-hmm. we planned these meetings throughout the week. Mm-hmm. It's a really unique opportunity because Disney doesn't allow people to do job shadowing, at least at parks, experiences, and products. Um, but we were still able to meet in person with quite a few people mm-hmm. and around the property. And we even had one meeting in Animal Kingdom, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. Uh, so I guess we could just go in order, starting yeah. with our meeting with Yako. Yako, who, yeah. Who's the senior manager for port adventures and excursions mm-hmm. with Disney Cruise Line. And his team basically controls every shoreside experience yeah. after embarkation. Has a team of like 250 people. They're working with 350 <laughs> excursion vendors around the world because Disney yeah. doesn't do any of that on their own. It's it's a big coordinated effort. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's it's like on one hand it was he kind of has a role that's both really creative and also just completely and totally like you gotta be organized with you know all of the um what's the word I'm looking for like operationally Operations, there's so much yeah, that's yeah. going on um and so you know it was really cool talking to him about like kind of the stuff he's done on both ends of and our degree is in creative enterprises leadership. Uh, in the creative enterprises. And so we're kind of getting all the theoretical knowledge, but he's, you know, putting everything that we're learning into action. And so that was a really cool way to um, start the trip was because, or start the networking process because, you know, he, he does stuff that's on, you know, both ends. And so talking to him about some of his creative work and like um, he was talking about the slide that was, um, yeah, ADA accommodation. Right. Um, so he's he's working to bring the wish to life and create yeah. the Aqua Mouse. Yeah. Just the water attraction. It's going to be fully accessible, mm-hmm. which I think is really fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. That, he mentioned that was his favorite project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so all of that, and then all of the all of the work, you know, behind the scenes, just coordinating everything and making sure you know communication lines are open between yeah. the people on land and on at the sea and, and having to put out fires that might be happening across the world yeah yeah <laughs> and I, I guess he's traveling like 75 percent of the time mm-hmm. um to kind of i guess get things into place mm-hmm. and yako also kind of set the stage for a theme that arose in so many of our conversations because his background he he didn't finish college. He started with DCL on Castaway Key er. as a lifeguard. Oh, oh, right, 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 mm-hmm. right, right, yeah. And then worked his way up from there, was like an assistant manager, then was a fleet manager on a ship, and then moved to the the shoreside job. But to me, this was all about, this week was all about like getting your foot in the door and just being in Orlando mm-hmm. and starting your way if needed from the ground up because Mm -hmm. Disney emphasizes so much like hiring from within Mm -hmm. and trying to like recognize the talent that they already have. Oh yeah. Like it's a, like once you're, once you are hired by Disney, you're in the family for sure. And that was like, that was evident in every single conversation. And I think it was funny because there wasn't one person who was in the same job role that they started with, with the company. Like, Every, now that I'm thinking about it, every single person like moved through the organization, through the company and like different subsidiaries. Yeah, that was that was that was a really cool thing that I hadn't really thought about until just now. But um, like there were a lot of the conversations about the DCP, of course, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, very it's well known for being a good in at Disney. Um, But yeah, with Yako, it was really cool hearing about how he started, you know, on the ship as a lifeguard and now he's, you know, operating crazy. Like he's operating everything, (laughs) every experience on the ship. So yeah, I think, I think that Disney does a great job of encouraging growth in their employees. And I think when we talked to, um, one of our Disney, um, or one of, one of our connections up here who used to work for Disney, Jenny, um, who's been such a great resource for us. Like she also had a similar experience where like she was working her way through the company. She was encouraged to leave and like get, you know, more experience and then come back. And then she got to rise even further in the company. So it's very inspiring for us who, or anyone who wants to, you know, be with Disney long-term and just knowing that like, you don't have to just be in the same role forever. You can move around and it's probably encouraged. It seems like. 
but our trip was filled with Disney Cruise Line employees, mm-hmm. and uh, his role differed from Daisy's role, mm-hmm. who we met that's in charge of all of like the embarkation mm-hmm. stuff. So she was all like pre-arrival before you get on the ship and Yako is all after afterwards. Right. And once you're off the ship at the ports doing your thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no. she's a, also a family friend. Yeah. Right? She, or <laughs> yeah, kind of. Ish? So she, um, she actually is the one who is credited with helping us connect with Yako and, you mm-hmm. know, Jose and, um, me and Cameron got to talk to Maureen um, kind of ahead of schedule because she's um, actually in Germany right now launching the Disney Wish, which is super exciting. But um, Daisy is the mother of one of my best friends from undergrad who was a theater major. His name was Danny. Um, shout out to Danny. I don't know if he'll listen to this podcast, but he might. He, <laughs> he, I, I could see him getting really into this podcast, actually, because he likes podcasts and he loves Disney. So. Um, Great. But yeah. We'd love to have Danny as a listener. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this shout out would really encourage him to become a longtime listener. But yeah, so Danny, um, at, at, I asked Danny kind of ahead of time as we were planning this whole entire um, trip and, and planning our idea fund and kind of what we wanted to do with it. Um, I re- reached out to Danny and was like, hey, do you think your mom would be willing to speak with us? Um, you know, it's just me and some of my friends were just really interested in uh, learning about the different roles within the Disney company. And he was like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, let me let me get you her contact. So, I mean, we we probably sent about like a dozen or over. Oh, well over a dozen emails back and forth of just, um, you know, really excited to me. And then she connected us with all these other people. And so um, it was one of those things where Danny had always known that I wanted to work for Disney and like uh, be involved in the Disney organization and be in Florida. And um, so he was always like, oh, yeah, you got to reach out to my mom one day. So it was definitely, yeah. definitely really nice um, that, you know, we were able to make that conversation happen. And so exciting to get to talk to her finally. Um, right. Yeah. I was amazed to learn everything that went on transitioning from like a pre to during and post COVID world in in terms of just how you have to check people in, how everybody has to get tested. You need proof Mm -hmm. of vaccination. And And if, uh, oh gosh, I was, I I was interested to hear what happens if you test positive because that, I mean, that's like a logistics nightmare. Um, And she mentioned that you get like the confirmation test. mm -hmm. And if yeah. you're still positive, they're like, sorry, sorry, can't here's, afford. Here's a free voucher for another one or here's yep. credit to your next one. But, um, you know, it's it's unfortunate because of just the situation that's out of their control. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's um, very interesting how all of I mean, everything from getting off the plane to getting on the ship. And I yeah. think even a little bit beforehand is what Daisy works on. They're um, in constant communication with airlines. Mm-hmm. And especially if there's like a weather situation and delays, mm-hmm. like telling the the clients, like, maybe you shouldn't come or yeah. it's hard. There's a lot yeah. of coordination and it's not all like within Disney's employees. It's mm-hmm. with, you know, Outside. airline workers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So that one, that one was very interesting. And I thought it was, I thought it was funny to hear. Do you remember her line where she was like, they, they dress up all of like the ports that people or all the places where people get on the cruise ship. So, you know, when they partner with somebody who might be in a you know a different country or a different area of our country, and that's where people are boarding on the Disney cruise line from, well, her like there's a team of people who go in beforehand and mm-hmm. dress it up and make disneyfy it and like yeah. make it up to the disney standards and um she said oh what was her she made an analogy of like putting lipstick on a on a like yeah. pig or something like that where you know they make it look really fancy and um really um, try and immerse the guest in the disney brand before they even mm-hmm. step onto the ship um, which and that is, team's there like yeah. a week before embarkation yeah, starts. Uh-huh. It seems like a really long and involved process mm-hmm. with so much training because they're working with mm-hmm. stevedores and that's mm-hmm. not all like Disney employees either at the right. port. And when they, I mean, when they're operating in different foreign countries and stuff, like I think Port Canaveral is their main um, place where they leave yeah. from, right? Yeah, so, it's still their main hub. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then you, we did, we talked about the Magical Express a little bit. Um, RIP, yeah. <laughs> you will be missed. Yeah. Um, 
And so that was, you know, that was fun to fun to chat with her about. And um, yeah, she was just, she was so sweet and she was so fun. It was so fun to get to talk to her um, finally after all this time. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. And the cool meeting that we had in Animal Kingdom was mm-hmm. with Jason. And I was really intrigued by Jason's job. He's the education manager at Animal Kingdom. And it seems like he does a couple of different things. He's planning all of the tours, Mm -hmm. which are basically private safaris that you can organize and take. And also the youth education series events. Like Mm -hmm. uh, they're integrating with Imagination Campus, which is a new thing that just started in January. And then field trips that happen at the park. He's kind of in charge of developing and executing all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And he also had a little bit more of a, I guess, traditional background in the sense that he he started with the dpi yeah Yeah. yep he got a professional internship northwestern grad Mm -hmm. and then (laughs) go cats am i right (laughs) (laughs) and then stuck it out from there but also his advice to us was just like yakos in a sense it was Mm -hmm. just get your foot in the door and even if it's a slow process like Mm -hmm. trust it and don't be afraid to take on intimidating opportunities because those are like the best learning opportunities Yeah, he was super encouraging and he was also like I mean, I I don't I don't know how far out of un, uh, undergrad he was or how far out of Northwestern he was, but it yeah, didn't seem know. like that like super duper far and so um that was also kind of exciting to see somebody who was kind of still pretty I mean, not that anyone was like old or <laughs> who we right. talked to, but like mm-hmm. he was still pretty much young, like he was kind of in our age range almost it seemed. Um, and so talking to him and like hearing his experience and hearing, you know, that's kind of what we hope that our next few years look like, or like our, I think he probably was like a, maybe a three year difference from where we are. Um, and so that was really cool. And like, it was also, it was awesome. Like hearing about his work with environmental and, um, conservation education, um, in the parks and like how that, how he's able to continue fostering that passion within the Disney parks and also just meeting him in the park was awesome. Like we were right there where I loved when he was talking about like his passion for conservation. Right. He mentioned something and I thought it was really a really great point. He said that working at Disney is cool because you're able to educate an audience that might not come to like a traditional zoo or attend a lecture. It's just, it's, the potential to reach a new audience where you're educating in a really enjoyable way. Yeah. And, and there's also that creative component of like every couple of years, like you create new programs and, you know, you introduce more new diverse audiences to, you know, conservation education and initiatives for um, giving back to, you know, giving back to our environment and giving back to even like the animals and like protecting them and um, just, you know, all of the, it, there's a lot going on there for sure. Um, so I, I, yeah, it's just, it's really, really cool hearing about everything that he did. And I just love that Animal Kingdom is like a mission focused theme park. Right. It's not just that we want to pack as many people in here and make as much money as Mm -hmm. possible. They have actually, it's, it's trying to make society better in a way. Yeah. You're you're going to learn as well Mm -hmm. as to play and have a good time. Yeah. It's, it's edutainment. It's like education and entertainment at the same time. That was like definitely plan. Right. On the the Kilimanjaro (laughs) safaris, especially because those, I mean, are very much about education, but they make it fun and they're like, Oh, Mm -hmm. you know who we're going to see over here. Oh, look over there. It's the rhinos. And they're, I don't even think we saw rhinos, but (laughs) it's the hippos. (laughs) They're, they're just, you know, taking a little nap and, um, you know, all the little fun facts um, along the way, those those make the experience enjoyable. And again, it like really speaks to what Jason was talking about of educating the masses and educating people without letting them know that you're really educating them, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and obviously, like the park is beautiful. Um, so it was really fun to have that conversation just in that environment and kind of we there was another point where if you remember when the um, cast performers were walking do you remember when they were walking out of the gate and mm. they were like hey jason hey jason oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that was so cute to see like they are truly one big happy family like they you know they 
they were going out to do, I think, I don't know how, how frequently they do that, like maybe every like 20 minutes or every 30 minutes, every hour or whatever. They like come out from their little backstage area, you know, walk through the park, do their performance in the Harambe village and then walk back. And so we got to see them do that. Like we saw the performers walk out and be like, hey, Jason. And yeah. he was like, oh, <laughs> hey, guys. And one of them, I think, told a joke or something like uh-huh. that. And he was like, yeah, it's our inside joke. And yeah. And then also, like, it was great to see entertainment go back to mm-hmm. Animal Kingdom and speaking of that, like the those performers were working with a talent agency called mm-hmm. IBA Music, and we met the guy that was like running that, Basically, essentially, yeah. Nick Culp. Fantastic guy. Yeah. And IBA Music is, wow, a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. They're a talent agency that they also produce their own shows. They do costuming and set design and Mm -hmm. they have all the technical equipment and they also record music. So they're a studio as well. They have Mm -hmm. a record label. Um, So it's a really cool organization. Nick seems like a really, really nice guy who's working with a legend in world music, essentially. Like Mm -hmm. when, when performers come to Orlando, they know to contact his boss. Yeah. And they, provide tons of entertainment in Animal Kingdom and also at Disney Springs. Yeah, I think that was one of the most amazing things about being there and having these meetings is like not only um, were we getting to talk to people about, you know, what they do in the parks, we were getting to see that too. Um, And I think, I mean, that's the point of this whole idea fund is, you know, so we get to experience these things. But, um, you know, truly being able to go on, you know, day one and we saw the most amazing guitarist, um, like classical guitarist, like he was absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. He stopped us in our tracks. Like we were walking, walking over, I think to Raglan road or something from, yeah. um, Everglazed. And as we were walking, we just kind of started hearing the most beautiful guitar, um, music. And I think one by Virtuosic one. Virtuosic playing. Yeah. I don't know how insane. his fingers were able to do that. It was insane. <laughs> we, me and Natalie turned to each other at one point, like, could you imagine the calluses on oh, his hands? Shredded. Just from, like, Shred- it was it was so beautiful. And I think one by one, we just you just kind of started seeing our group stop. Yeah. And then stop. And then like two more I didn't think he could have any fingerprints left. No. It must be sanded <laughs> down by this point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And he was so, so talented. So then when we met with Nick and we were talking about the entertainment we saw in Disney Springs, he was like, oh, yeah, I, we represent that guy. Like, we we put him there. Yeah. He's great. And we were like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you, that is just crazy how, how small that world is. Yep. And it was it's cool a small to... world after all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 my gosh. Okay. Uh, yes. Don't and, uh, edit it out. Don't yeah. keep it in there. No. I'm not editing anything. You gotta this, keep it in all there. of this is staying. Oh, so I hope we good. don't make any really bad mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we kind of got a different company too with mm-hmm. Steve and Adriana Dunlop. Yeah. And they focus more on providing DJ entertainment. Mm-hmm. 50% of their business is with Disney in mm-hmm. the parks and 50% is doing corporate events. And they are like the largest entertainment contractor that Disney works with. Yeah. And it was all from like Steve working as a dancer Mm -hmm. and then out of necessity, Disney needed to train a DJ. And so he was trained, worked with a couple bad companies and then started his own. Yeah. And because his philosophy was not, I'm a DJ, I do this and this only his philosophy was we're going to create the show that the client wants every time. And I'll do whatever the client wants to do. Mm -hmm. Disney latched onto that. Yeah. And, has been working with him for now 15 years. Right. And I loved hearing um, about his work with weddings, specifically like Disney weddings. And I have a background in working in weddings. I I got to do that um, kind of during COVID um, when everything was shut down and weddings were kind of the only events that were really happening. And that was at a smaller scale too, because we had mandates and all that stuff. But I loved working in weddings and I know how intricate and how delicate those timelines can be. Mm. And he was talking about, um, I loved hearing him talk about this one instance where he 
worked with the bride to basically create a show for her entrance that was timed, synchronized perfectly with music. And, you know, he had certain cues and stuff. And he he was so funny about it because um, the bride, I guess, was like shocked that he would be willing to, yeah. you know, make this whole playlist for her to have this certain amount of time. And like she wanted to be at this point at this one point in the music and like each, you know, each step she took was coordinated with a specific part, like to the point where when she got to the end of the aisle, there was a music cue. And he was really funny about it because he was like, oh yeah, like I was shocked that she was shocked because it's so much easier for me. All I have to do is press a button. (laughs) Yeah. I was shocked that other companies weren't following his same business model. Like why not just do whatever the client wants as their party? Right. Exactly. So no, he was, he was a super cool, they were a really cool couple. And, um, it was really awesome to talk to them because, you know, that was very unique. And, um, I'm really, really glad that we got to have that conversation. Yeah. And I truly did not know that, Disney partners with so many third mm-hmm. party like vendors and right. providers. I thought yeah. that more of these people doing entertainment inside of the parks and the Disney Springs, I thought more of them were Disney employees. Right. Yeah. So it it was definitely weird trying to figure out what the difference is between the cast members and mm-hmm. seeing who was, you know, hired. And I think Disney Springs, it's pretty easy to see that. Yeah. But like within uh, going within back to parks. Animal Kingdom, like it's really hard to see like, okay, who's a cast member and who is, mm-hmm. you know, an entertainment that's um, represented by a, a third party. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, certainly not least, and this isn't even an exhaustive list I know, of people. There's that still so many people that we talk need for to talk hours about. I know, this is already gonna be a really long episode. Right. Uh, so but Sarah Bergeson right. met with her on our last day there mm-hmm. at Disney Springs before we hit up the airport. <laughs> she was so generous with her time and oh my gosh. works and events and the big thing she was doing now was run, run Disney. Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I actually was super happy to connect with her um, before we even got to make this trip. I I think it was when we were in the planning stages of like, all right, this is what we want to do with this trip. Who can we reach out to? And I was in a meeting with one of our advisors and I was like explaining to her, like, I just want to be at Disney. I want to work there. I'm passionate about the company. Like, this has always been my end goal and I want to get here. And she was like, oh, well, you know, reach out to these people. And she gave me Sarah Bergeson's name. And she was actually, one of um, a, a graduate of our program right. who is currently working at Disney. So that was really inspiring to see, first of all. And also, we're kind of like soul sisters. She's just like, we mm-hmm. have all the same. I think our first meeting lasted, you know, five hours or to the point where I was like, okay, I really got to go. I have to be somewhere in like 30 minutes. And we had started it early enough to where I was like, oh, yeah, this will be fine. I'll have like the whole <laughs> afternoon to get ready for this event that I'm going to later tonight. But it was literally like, I think it was 1130 to four or something like that Four, like we we just were chatting and chatting which wow. so impossible to uh, imagine just I, listening to me rambling on yeah usually you, you have like nothing I'm so to succinct say. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so we you know we just chatted forever and ever and ever about like her whole experience um and that was before we even got to meet her in person so when she came and she met us she kind of went through a brief um summary of her history with Walt Disney World. And again, she was another DCP. Like she worked, Mm -hmm. um, I think she worked in PhotoPass and she also did Kilimanjaro Safaris at some point. Um, So she was working in entertainment um, in these cast member roles. And then she um, transitioned into, she's now a production assistant. And, you know, what she does there is just, it's, it's amazing, like everything that she's involved with. Like she has worked with, you know, something with every single park at this point. Like she's worked with characters and she, all, oh, that's what it was. She was on the cruise lines um, when she, she was working as a, um, in like the kids. Oh, right. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, she was yeah. developing kids show. Yeah, kids yeah, programming. The, yeah, 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 that's what it was. Club and things kids like program. that. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, and she has a theater background, which she's very yep. much a theater kid. Very we love, much so. We love Loved a theater it. kid. Um, and so she, um, you know, has this really extensive history with 
different areas of the Disney company. She was in the parks, on the front lines as a cast member. She was on the cruise lines, you know, as a program coordinator. And then she was um, hired as a production assistant. And now she really works kind of behind the scenes where she's sending emails all day and she's coordinating meetings often across like many different um Time, yeah. time zones. Yeah, lots of cross-functional work right. going on yeah. to get people on the same page and to make these events mm-hmm. happen. Yeah, so just hearing about all the work she does, I was like, that's so cool. And she she's kind of working in some capacity with, I think, everything. I mean, me and, you know, two of the other girls on the trip, we are very interested in events. And, you know, Cameron is really interested in the live entertainment aspect. You're interested in, I mean, everything. (laughs) But, Mm. um, you know, I think each of us kind of got something out of that conversation. So she was a really cool person to talk to just because of how um, expansive her role is. Right. Mm -hmm. Overall, through these conversations, do you have any big takeaways that we haven't mentioned yet? Because to me, the big takeaways were half the battle is just getting, getting to Orlando <laughs> yeah. and actually getting making your the foot move. Door and, foot in the door, yeah. And the other big takeaway was that networking is somewhat more casual than I anticipated. Like yeah. the conversations that we had were very fluid. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like with informational interviews, I don't know exactly how formal to be or exactly how casual. It really mm-hmm. helped to do a lot of these conversations with a big group because everything mm-hmm. seemed to just flow. Right. Yeah. We, I mean, and also we're all very good friends. Like we've developed our friendship over our, you know, however many court have, you know, I guess two quarters of yeah. two completed quarters. And now we're into the third one. But, um, I think we all kind of can read, read each other pretty well. So I think that helped with the conversation yeah. flow, but, um, yeah, for me it was, it was great because after COVID, um, happened and after kind of being at home I graduate I was a 2020 graduate so um Rip. you know my <laughs> RIP to my hopes and dreams <laughs> I'm kidding but not really um and so for me after COVID like kind of steamrolled all of the plans that I had made to you know be at Disney by this time and be um performing in the parks or working in entertainment in some way Um, it was great to kind of get like a revitalized sense of like, if you can dream it, you can do it. Like they truly believe that there. And, um, all of them were so encouraging of just like, you can, you can get down here. I believe that you can make this work. And if there's any way we can help you, like, we're so happy to help you. Like, yeah. People were telling us like, oh yeah, reach out once you've moved down here. Yeah. Like get down here and something will happen. Right. And they all did seem like they thoroughly enjoyed what they were doing. They were That's what I loved. Like, it, there was not a dry conversation the entire time, which is crazy when you're talking to 12 different people. Like, you would think statistically, there had to be at least one dud. Disgruntled employee that, yeah. ready to quit. And there just was not. And there was not. They were all so excited. And they were so eager to, like, help, like, have these conversations with us and talk about what they're doing. And I don't know if part of that stems from, like, you know, there's – they can't really do the whole shadowing experience. Like the, it's mm-hmm. you can be a mentor to somebody within the company, but you know, outside of the company, it's just there's so many trade secrets and there's so many. It's yeah. Disney. It's massive. Like if you open the door to one person, you might as well let the floodgates open because yeah. everybody's going to be filing in. So, um, yeah, they were just they it. There was not one dud in the entire like group of people that we had. And so that was really great. And Maureen, um, who me and Cameron got to speak to um, over Zoom because she was in Germany, or she is currently in Germany. She is the director of entertainment um, on the ships. So, I mean, she was... She works with everything from the shows to, you know, the programs to, mm-hmm. like, what are these people seeing when they walk in the doors? Because they truly, like, you... you are entertained when you step foot in a theme park, when you step foot in a cruise line, like you, the, the entertainment process begins. Yes. And so, um, she was so cool. And me and Cameron had the best time talking to her. Um, even though, you know, our timeline, our time schedules were so drastically different and her thing at the end of her, that I loved at the end of our conversation was she explained to us the concept of big sky, um, mm-hmm. or blue sky. Yeah. Blue yeah, sky. Blue sky. And um, basically, it's what they do when they go into their meetings and they're just like trying to think big. And um, 
she was like, you know, what's your blue sky? What what are your like big mm-hmm. ambitions and hopes and dreams? And we kind of sat there and we're like, well, nobody in an informational interview has ever asked us yeah. this question before. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I'm much? answering a question right now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so that was so like... That was so fun and like getting to chat with her and she was just like, oh yeah, like I, I totally encourage you all to go for this and if there's anything I can do, that was every single one of them, if there's anything I can do for you, if there's, if there's any way we can connect again in the future, we would love to speak with you again. So that was, that was really special and that was a cool moment for me and Cameron to just be like... I want to be an entertainer and I want to, I want to perform in the parks and then I want to work in other areas and I just want to work for Disney. That's my whole goal. Like that's been my whole goal. And Cameron, he definitely, um, wants to be more involved with like the Lucasfilm stuff and with Star Wars and everything and all of that development. She was like, Oh, you know, like totally you have that passion. Like if there's anything I can do, like I, you know, you can, you can get there and, yeah, I think both of us kind of needed to hear that after our graduation <laughs> right. graduation experiences. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, so big thanks to everybody we spoke with for being so generous with their time and resources. Mm-hmm. And that was truly pretty pretty incredible. I You don't get to interact with working professionals that often who are doing the kinds of things that they're, mm-hmm. that they're doing. Yeah. Still a little bit in awe. And I'm also calling an audible because this is now a full-length episode. And (laughs) uh, listeners, we're going to extend the conversation with Isabella to a part two. So we're going to do two (laughs) episodes. Listen, if you dare. I know I I promised to talk about the 50th stuff. That'll be next time. Um, So I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Disney Daydream Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and that you'll join us for the next one. Remember, be kind to one another and take the time to find a magical moment in each and every day. Aww. <laughs> <laughs>